0: Uh, go to 2 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, we finished 1 Thessalonians, I forgot where we was at because it's been a couple of Wednesday nights, we had vacation Bible school, several things going on, anyway, 2 Thessalonians we'll do tonight, we finished First, and we'll go right into 2 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians has only 3 chapters, only 47 verses and all of those 3 chapters uh, consist of 47 verses, not a long book but it's a lot of stuff in packed inside of that. 1 Thessalonians, what, five chapters was it? And uh, these are probably the first, I'm going to say the first books that Paul wrote. Um, And the reason I got Acts up here, obviously Luke wrote the book of Acts, but um, around just so you get an idea, so you just get it in your mind. The Apostle Paul got saved in chapter 9 of Acts. Matter of fact, this past Sunday, we was talking about that, lowering in the basket. That was around uh, chapter 9. Well, about 14 or 15, chapter 14 or 15, is when Paul went to Thessalonica. And so he, he goes to this place. A lot of people get saved. Well, he starts a church. Now, it's not like what we have, but he starts a church in somebody's living room, on somebody's rooftop, whatever it is, in Thessalonica. All these people start getting saved. And so he leaves and goes to another place, and he writes a letter back to them, encouraging them, this, is what, and the other. Now we get to read that letter. That is a part of uh, inspiration of the Bible. So he writes two letters to them, 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians. Uh, These are within the same year, so it's not that far apart. By the time he wrote 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians, it was within a year's time, okay? Uh, Three chapters, 47 verses, we already talked about that. And uh, some of the verses are very similar to 1 Thessalonians. I'll show you those. But let me give you the outline real quick, real simple outline. If you want to know the outline to 2 Thessalonians. Chapter 1 deals with faith. Chapter 2 deals with fear. They were very frightful of the tribulation period. And I'll explain that in just a little bit. And chapter 3 deals with fellowship. Everybody see that? Read my writing. Chapter 1, faith. Uh, their fate encouraging him in the faith uh, Chapter 2 deals with their fear chapter 3 deals with their fellowship And that's a basic simple outline for 2nd Thessalonians All right, <clears throat> look at <clears throat> verse 1 Paul. He's the writer And sylvanus and timotheus. All right, that's uh, If you remember the story in Acts 16 Paul and silas Go into the philippian jail. That's sylvanus uh, Paul, Silas, and Timotheus. That's Timothy. That is the guy that Paul wrote to when he wrote First and 2 Timothy. Uh, so these are his uh, entourage. These are his cohorts. These are his uh, fellow laborers in the ministry. Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus. Unto the church of Thessalonians in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So this church... In God, not the building, but it's the people. If you're saved, you're a part of God's church and you're in God. God is in uh, and the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's double, double protection. Matter of fact, he says the same thing. Let me read uh, 1 Thessalonians 1 Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus unto the church of Thessalonians, which is in God. The Father, and in the Lord Jesus Christ, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what he says in First Thessalonians. Same thing he says in Second. Paul and Sylvanus and Timotheus, under the church of Thessalonians, in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, verse 2, grace unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He said the same thing in First Thessalonians. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. That's almost like Paul's um, signature phrase. I'll show you what I mean. Romans. Paul wrote Romans 1-7. To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. First Corinthians 1-3. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians, grace be you. This is verse 2, 2 Corinthians 1, 2. Grace be uh, be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Galatians 1, 3. Grace be unto you, peace from God our Father, Lord Jesus Christ. Paul wrote all of these. Ephesians. You believe me? Do I have to go through all of them? (laughs) This is his signature. Uh, Ephesians 1, 2. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So on and so forth. And you'll just have to take my word for the rest of it. But that's what he did. Now, verse 3, Paul says, We are bound to thank God always for you. In other words, uh, we just have to. I mean, we can't help it. We are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren. Talks, Brethren, say people, as it is meet. Meet matches. If it meets, it matches. Okay. That's an old English term, King James. It's old English. Uh, People say, well, it's hard to understand. Well, this is what I, and and look, I, I believe the King James Bible is the word of God, okay? People say, well, that's hard to understand. Okay. If you play golf, you have to understand the terminology. So if you play golf, you have to know what a par is. You have to know what an eagle is. uh, Cecil hadn't seen many of those. But anyway, um, you have to know what an eagle is. You have to know what a birdie is. That is golf terms. Now, if you went to the golf association and says, I don't understand these terms, I want you to change the terms so I can understand them. They'll say, don't play the game. If you're going to play the game, understand our terms. If you want to learn the Bible, understand the terms. They're not going to dumb it down for you. You got Coke, you got diet Coke. Zero Coke. If you drink zero Coke, there's something wrong with you anyway. Zero caffeine, zero calories, zero sugar. Why drink it? It is meat, matches, because that your faith groweth exceedingly and the charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth. So there's two things that they're matching together that they're thanking God for. The first one is the faith that groweth exceedingly. Number two, the charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth. So all these people, brand new Christians, their love for one another is abounding, and uh, their faith groweth exceedingly. Remember, chapter 1, faith. That's what it's dealing with. Now, here we go. Watch verse, uh, let's see, verse 4. So that we ourselves glory in you, in the churches of God, for your patience and faith, there's our word again, in all your persecutions and tribulations that ye endure, Notice tribulations, plural, more than one. That's not talking about the tribulation. Here's what, here's um, every, every letter is important. There is a difference in tribulation and the tribulations that we go through because we go through tribulations On a daily basis. Does not mean that we are going through the tribulation. One letter. Makes a big difference. Yes we go through tribulations. We have trouble and trials and uh, tribulation work of patience. All that. Uh, Let me explain uh, verse 4 if I can. If you remember in in 1 Thessalonians. These people were getting saved. The Jews didn't like it. Matter of fact, the same people... Now, watch this. If you were here Sunday morning, we were talking about Paul being lowered through the basket, through the window. The reason he had to be lowered in Damascus and through the window and all of that, there were people trying to kill Paul because he converted to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. So if they're trying to kill Paul... For converting to Christianity and following the Lord Jesus Christ, then all of these Thessalonians that got saved, they were getting persecuted. Their families were getting uh, going through tribulation. It would almost be like, and, and we've experienced this. I've said this before, but but it's real common. Used to, maybe not always now, but used to. Uh, if a, if a Catholic. Uh, got saved and joined the Baptist church. Son, that, your whole family would disown you. Very similar. The Jewish faith, son, you converted to Christianity, they crucified him. And now you're converting saying we're going to follow the Lord Jesus Christ? Yes, they're going through persecutions and tribulations and all of that. Now, let me say this. Most Americans don't know what persecutions and tribulations are the modern America. We think if somebody stole our parking place or got our spot at Walmart, we're going through tribulation. We've been persecuted. Somebody cussed me out at work. I'm going through persecution, man. That ain't nothing compared to what these Thessalonians were going through. Uh, Romans 5, 3 says this, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. Now, how how can a Christian glory? Thank the Lord for tribulations, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. Now, here's a problem with, with a lot of us, me included. We go to the movies and what, well, we don't go to the movies anymore because you got Netflix and all that stuff on your TV and you get it right there in, in, in the TV. So you, you, you find the movie to watch. The movie starts out and everything's going hunky dory. And then a problem arises. And then that, the, the, whole movie is centered around that problem getting fixed in an hour and 20 minutes because the movies going to be over. So that movie has to fix that problem in an hour and 20 minutes. So when you and I go through problems, we try to fix our problems just like the movies do, and we try to fix our problems within 24 hours, and God says, it don't work that way. Tribulation worketh patience. If, I, if you get it fixed in an hour and 20 minutes, that don't work patience. It's going to take a little bit for your uh, tribulations to you know, pan out and your problems to get solved. That's why I tell, used to tell people they come in. People say, well, you counsel? Yes, I counsel Sunday mornings at 1030 and, and Wednesday nights at 630. That's when I do my counseling. But it was, <laughs> uh, uh, I used to tell people they come in and, and they, they're going through trouble. And I said, look, this thing wasn't created in 30 minutes. This problem was created few years ago. So you come in here and you expect me to fix this thing in 15 minutes. It didn't happen in 15 minutes. It can't be fixed. Why? Tribulation. We glory in tribulations because tribulation worketh what? Patience. So it's going to take some time and patience what? (laughs) Experience. You don't want to talk to nobody. Uh, You don't want to talk to nobody that hadn't experienced anything. Don't tell anybody how to raise kids if you ain't got none. <laughs> Don't tell nobody how to pastor the church if you ain't... Kn- <laughs> well, preacher, I, this way I'd do it. Have you ever done it? No. Get some and sit down. <laughs> if you have experienced it, you know... Um. And experience hope. Now, um, let's see. Let me see what I was going to. Okay. Uh, let's see. Oh, here's one in Acts chapter number 5. Now, this wasn't Paul. This was before Paul got saved. But uh, this was Peter and, and some others in Acts 5. This is what they said. Now, see if this don't sound odd to you. We, we went over this when we went through the book of Acts. And they departed from the presence of the council rejoicing they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. Boy, how do you do that? Uh, they're counted worthy to suffer. Anyway, uh, back to Second uh, Thessalonians, verse number five. Well, you have to read four with it, so so that we ourselves glory in you and the churches of God for your patience and faith and all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. Which is your, your patience, your persecutions, your tribulations that you're enduring. It is a manifest token. A manifest is something that comes to light, something you see, it's manifest. It's a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God that ye may be counted worthy. Well, that's the same thing that happened in Acts 5. Counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which ye also suffer. Now, here's something I want to deal with right here. If you look at that and you don't watch, which is the manifest token of the righteous judgment of God, that ye may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which ye also suffer. Now, let me show you let me show you one thing. You got to be real careful. Nobody in planet earth, that's ever been born, ever will be born, will ever be counted worthy for heaven. Okay? You can't work your way to heaven. You can't be good enough to go to heaven. Mother Teresa needed Jesus Christ. The Pope needs Jesus Christ. Nobody on this earth has ever been worthy to go to heaven. You say, well, all right, what are you talking about right here? Counted worthy of the kingdom of God uh, for which ye also suffer. After you're saved, Jesus Christ makes me worthy to go to heaven. After I'm saved, I am working not to go to heaven, but I'm working and I'm suffering and I'm going through tribulations and I'm I'm doing all these things to receive rewards when I get there. Show you what I mean. You say, preacher, you got any? Well, Yes. That's why we come on Wednesday night because we got verses. 2 Timothy 2.12. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. Reigning. Reigning has to do with a king in his kingdom. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him in his kingdom. Okay? It has nothing to do with obtaining heaven. Or if we suffer, we get to go to heaven. Mm-mm. Totally different. If we suffer with him, we shall also reign with him. Let me give an ex- uh, example. Moses, okay, watch this one. Moses was saved. By faith, Moses was saved. And what he knew at that particular time in the Old Testament, Moses was saved. And matter of fact, I can prove in Revelation chapter 12, Moses is going to be in heaven with all of us. But guess what? Y'all remember when God told him to speak to the rock? And instead of speaking to the rock, he took a rock and he hid it and disobeyed God. You know what that cost him? He didn't get kicked out of heaven. It cost him being able to go into the promised land. The inheritance. Two different things. Got to get it right. Moses is in heaven. But he never got to see the promised land. Because of disobedience. Big difference. If we suffer, we shall reign with him. My rewards is based upon uh, how I suffer, how I endure tribulations, how I endure persecutions, so on and so forth. I'll show you some more. Here's is Second Timothy 3.12. Yea, and all that live, God, that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer what? Persecution. You live godly, you shall suffer persecution. Uh, let's see what Romans eight seventeen says. And if children, then heirs. That's, we're saved. You're children. You're children of God. Heirs. Heirs of God. Join heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Now, that verse is going to come back around here in just, uh, in just a second. Now, hopefully, uh, hopefully that makes sense. Now, let me read 5 and 6 together which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God, for which ye also suffer. There's our word, verse 6, seeing it is a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. Now, he's saying two different things. Let me, let me explain it to you. And you may not, um, it, it's, it's difficult to wrap your mind around the way God works. But this is what God says. God says, I will use the devil's crowd to cause tribulations on God's people. And then I will turn around and punish the devil's crowd for sin and tribulation on God's people. He said, I will allow it because... That God's people need tribulation, so I'm going to allow God or the devil's crowd to cause tribulation and persecution on God's people because they need it because it worketh patience and they need it and it worketh and patience uh, uh, experience and experience hope and they need that. But because they did it, I'm going to turn around and punish the devil's crowd for doing it to God's people. I'll give you, for instance, uh, the Babylonians. God allowed the Babylonians to capture God's people and bring them into captivity. He allowed them to do that and persecute God's people. And then later on, he turns around and judges the Babylonians for doing it. Job. Remember Job? The devil goes up before God and has to get permission from God before the devil can touch him. He allows the devil to send persecution, tribulation to God's person. That's the way it happens. That's what the verses mean. The manifest token of the righteous judgment of God that we may be counted worthy. Of the kingdom of so he 's allowing the uh, the devil 's crowd to persecute us, so we'll suffer, so we'll be counted worthy to receive rewards and be able to reign with him in the kingdom and then because the devil 's crowd done that, seeing it is a righteous thing, verse six, which God recompense tribulation to them that trouble you i 'm going to turn around and get them for getting you, but I allowed them to get you in the first place because it'll make you better in the long run. But because they did it, I'm going to turn around and get them. Does that make sense? That's why a troubling verse in Isaiah 53, I wish I'd put it up here, but it's in Isaiah 53. It's what God says about his own son. It pleased the Lord to bruise him. Isaiah 53. It pleased God to bruise his own son. God, you mean you were pleased with that? Now, listen. Boy, this will get you on shouting ground right here. The reason sin has to be uh, judged in the eyes of God. So sin was placed on his son, and it pleased God to allow the Romans to bruise his son so you and I could have a way to go to heaven and clear the account And then he turns around and judges the Romans for crucifying his son. He makes a way so we can go to heaven and then turns around and recompenses tribulation on them that troubles us. Anyway, now verse 7. And to you who are troubled. (laughs) You've been troubled today. (laughs) And to you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. Now, we're going to be, uh, okay, rest. Mm. Y'all remember I did this, let's see, in the Old Testament, 4,000 years. The day of the Lord's 1,000 years, 1,000 years is uh, one day. So 4,000 years, Old Testament, that's four days, right? The church age is... Two days, two thousand years, right? So we got how many left? One. One day. Okay? God created the earth in six days, and on the seventh he rested. This is considered the kingdom is the day of rest. We going through. Yes, we're going through tribulation. We're going through persecution. We're going through trials and all of this kind of stuff. But then we get to rest. When we reign with him, we uh, suffer with him. We should also reign with him. And here's our day of rest. Now, when God rested, it wasn't because he was tired. It's because he was complete. He was through, you see. Um... So verse 7, and to you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. That's the second coming. You say, how you know? Matthew 24 says, immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light. And the stars shall fall from heaven, the powers of heaven be shaken. And then shall the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall the tribes of the earth mourn. And they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with power and great glory. And he shall send his what? Angels. With a great sound of a trumpet. And they shall gather together his elect from the four winds. uh, uh, That's uh, the tribulation. uh, uh, The elect. Jewish elect from four corners. North, south, east, west. um, And uh, and they will go into the kingdom. We're coming back with him. His angels are going to gather the elect. North, south, east, west. Go into the kingdom. We're coming back with him to that. Uh, Particular rest. Um, Now, let's read verse. Let me read seven and eight together. And to you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, and 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 that obey not the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so. When he comes back with his holy angels, gather, gather, relate, four winds of the earth, so on and so forth, we're going to enter into that rest. You know what he's going to do with those that don't know God, didn't obey the gospel, in flaming fire, take vengeance? Look at verse 9, what he says. Who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power? You see that? Those that are not saved, those that don't know God, those that don't uh, know the Lord Jesus Christ, has never obeyed uh, the gospel. That's where Matthew 3, watch what he does in Matthew 3. John says, John the Baptist, John says this, I indeed baptize you with water into repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, Jesus, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He, when he comes, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost, Acts 2, and with fire over here. If you obey the gospel, he'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost. I got the Holy Ghost when I got saved. My Pentecostal friend said, Brother Jeremy, boy, you'd be a good preacher if you'd ever get the Holy Ghost. I said, you're too late. It done got it. You say, how do you know that fire? Is? Okay, we got to keep reading whose fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his sweet into the garner and he will burn up the chaff with what? Unquenchable. Unquenchable fire. That's not a good thing. That ain't a good thing. If you get baptism with fire, you inhale. Yeah. Baptism, immersed. When you go in the water back there, immersed under. with the Holy Ghost, go under. I'm immersed in the holy spirit baptizing fire lake of fire phew, he burst that's not a good thing verse 8 says in flaming fire taking vengeance on them that know not god that can, that includes your agnostics your gnostics uh, your your agnostic say what's an agnostic well an agnostic would say i don't know if there's a god or not i don't have a clue if there is or not i don't know it's sort of like a polite atheist and atheist says, nope, there is no God whatsoever. An agnostic says, well, there might be. I don't know. You know. Those that don't know, uh, know not God and that obey not the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting detru- destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Now, uh, let me see what uh, Matthew 13 says. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his uh, kingdom all things that offend and do iniquity, and shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Does that sound like a good thing? Mark 9 44. Where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. You know what it says it three times? He says it in verse 44, he says it in verse 46, and he says it again in verse 48 three different times in those verses 944 46 and 48 says it three times repetition he's trying to tell you where their worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched i could really blow your mind right here i don't know if i want to or not um but now did you know that bible says that uh we're gonna receive a body just like the lord jesus christ We're going to get a body just like the Lord. Glorified together with Him. Body will be changed. A moment, twinkle of an eye, I'll be fashioned like unto His glorious body. I'm going to look like Christ. Okay? All right? So, if, if that's the case for a saved person, remember we, on Father's Day, I take on my dad. Who's your daddy? I, get to hit, I take on the form of my dad. I start looking. I look like him, conform to his image. A lost person. What's the devil? A dragon? Reptile? Serpent? Where'd those worms come from that are in hell? There. T-H-E-I-R. There. There. People. There. Worm. Somebody goes in hell. It's transformed to look like his father. Mm. There's a lot in that Bible. There's a lot in that Bible. Matter of fact, um, Okay, look at verse 10, verse Thessalon- or 2 Thessalonians, rather. He's going to punish, uh, this is verse 9, punish everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Now, from the presence of the Lord, I didn't tell you, that's Revelation 20, uh, great white throne. And he, if your name's not found in the written, I think it's verse 15, uh, whosoever's name was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Out of the presence of the Lord, gone and um, that's part of uh, from the destruction of the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power verse 10 when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe now now he's talking to the saved people that's us he dealt with the lost people in 8 and 9 now he goes back to those Thessalonians saved folks when he shall come to be glorified in his saints Okay. How is the Lord Jesus Christ going to be glorified in His saints? I'll tell you in a minute. And to be admired in all them that believe, because our testimony among you was believed in that day. You people at Thessalonica, y'all believed. You got saved, and because of that, when you come to be glorified, when the Lord Jesus Christ comes, you'll be glorified uh, with Him together, and to be admired in all of them that believe. You say, "How do you?" Know? All right, look. Uh, Philippians three twenty one, who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious now verse 10 over here said glorified in his saints I'm going to be fashioned like unto his glorious body according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. I'm going to be glorified. I'm going to be glor- He's going to be glorified in me, because what? We're going to look alike. And to be admired. You imagine. Now, if this ever, if you ever got a hold of this right here, if we ever, if we ever got a hold of this right here, uh, we'd turn our bed into a trampoline about two o'clock in the morning. We're going to be glorified with him. And to be admired in all of them. That believe. You imagine getting to heaven. You ever see anybody that's admired? First time they go to Disney World, little kid. You imagine a bunch of saved people. First time they go. And it's going to be the same day. It's going to be the same. You're not going to go to bed and wake up and there's a new day. There's no night there. Jesus is the It's gonna be the same day. It'll be the same day for ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And you're just gonna walk around admired. Ain't that something? Now, look at verse eleven. Wherefore also we pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all of the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power why that the name of the lord jesus christ may be glorified in you did you know <coughs> excuse me did you know when i go through persecutions and when i go through tribulations and and all that kind of stuff god wants me to glorify remember what job did uh i don't want to i don't get out of the camera view but if I was sitting right over of his step, Job didn't have nothing. He didn't have God had allowed Satan to take it all from him. Wife, kids, house, nothing. All he had was an ash pile. He sat down in the middle of that ash pile. After his wife said, "Won't you curse God? He's the one doing this to you. Won't you curse God and die? Won't you?" I mean, anyway, um, you know, Job he could have got the spirit of slap. In, I don't know. But no, he's sitting in the middle of the ash pile. And he said, the Lord giveth. The Lord's taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That the name of the Lord may be glorified in you. Now, I've said this before. I'll say it again. This is easy to stand up here and preach or teach. It's hard to live. When you're going through stuff and tribulation, and pur- it's hard to look up and say, God, whatever you try blessed be the name of the Lord. When people's coming at you from all, put your hand up and say, blessed be the name of the Lord. God gets glory out of your life because the world looks at you and go, how are they taking this? How much more can they take? And they, sti- they still see, keep, see, keep seeing you pull up into the church parking lot. Lord, if I was them, I'd have quit church a long time ago. I wouldn't go down to that church. Every time, they've, every time they've been, since they've been saved, they've been going out of that church. Trouble's been out their, their door. Boy, they sure must love the, that the name of the Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you. And ye in him, according to the grace of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I'm going to finish with this right here. Uh, talking about, we were talking about suffering and all of this kind of stuff. And this will set us up for chapter 2. And I'm telling y'all, don't miss chapter 2. If you're going to miss, don't miss chapter 2. But this will set us up for chapter 2. They're, this is when their fear comes in. Paul's encouraging them in the faith. Hey, you're going through tribulation. You're going through all this kind of stuff. This is, this is to glorify God in you and glorify his name. And and, and this, this sets you up for rewards when we get there. You say, does Paul go? Yeah. 1 Corinthians is what he said. I therefore, okay, I jumped. Verse 25. And every man that striveth for the mastery is tempered in all things. For they do it to obtain an, a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. Now, uh, picture this. Picture, if you would, uh, you ever seen um, those old movies? You got you got a, a Roman. They got that little crown around their head. A little uh, uh, looks like poison ivy. A little poison ivy crown around their head. You know, and they got set up. And they're sitting up on the little thing. Looking, there's looking. an amphitheater thing. And all these people. And down in the front, they got games going on. They've got um, um, you know whatever. And, and Paul was you know all into that. He's fixing to talk about running a race. Um I therefore so run not as uncertainty, so fight I not as one that beateth the air, but I bring I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I 've preached to others, I myself should be a castaway now i 'll close with this talking about suffering, persecution, all that kind of stuff, somebody that 's training to run i don 't I don't run, don't like to run. Uh, If you see me running, you look to see who's running after me. But I like to ride bikes that don't bother my knees as bad and, and all that kind of stuff. But those guys on television is totally different than what I do, riding around the neighborhood and all that kind of stuff. These guys have to bring their body under subjection. I can go eat three Twinkies. And go out there and get on the bike and go a lap around the neighborhood and come back in. (laughs) Now, I don't know if I could beat any of y'all racing the bike. But if you're going to get a crown, you're going to have to bring your body under subjection, put the Twinkies alone, leave the Twinkies alone, tell your body no, This is not a dieting class, okay? But the point is bringing your body into subjection. Those guys that are running, training women, uh, swimming, whatever they're doing, that training is hard. It's persecution. It's tribulation. We were talking about some of these guys talking about uh, going to the gym this morning. The way they talked Sunday was really going through tribulation and trials and all that kind of stuff. You know. (laughs) But to put in that perspective, that's what that stuff does for us. That makes us stronger in the faith. You say, Brother Jeremy, I want stronger faith. you got to start weightlifting. God, I want stronger faith. Okay. If you're asking God to make you stronger, then the only way to make you stronger is to add weight. Those guys that are competing in the, in the you know, like I could, you know, the uh, muscle building thing, <laughs> Miss Judy's land, uh, the muscle building thing. Those guys, they start out with fives, you know. But what, what about them guys can't get that big and just, well, I've been doing fives ever since I started working out. I'm going to keep doing these five-pound weights. You got to go up to 10. You got to go up 20s. You with me? God, make me stronger. I want to be strong like so and so and sister so and so and brother. Okay, he's finna put more weight on you. On that bench, he's finna put more weight, and you're going, oh, God, you're trying to kill me. You just have to be stronger. Because tribulation work of patience, patience, experience, hope, hope, making it not ashamed, so on and so forth. That makes sense.